Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hey friends, how are you? I hope that your Advent has kicked off well. I have something that I just cannot keep under my hat any longer. Uh, No, I didn't have my baby, that's not until March. But I want to announce today that the God's Adventure Awaits pilgrimage is happening January 2022. This is a nine-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, which has been on my bucket list for years. This is a place where our faith was born. This is exactly where Jesus walked, and we are going to be going January 17th, 2022. So I'm teaming up with Nativity Pilgrimage, which is a family-owned, family-operated Catholic company to craft this amazing adventure for you guys. I want to invite you to discern joining us. Come experience the Holy Land and worship at the sacred places of our Lord's life. His birth in Bethlehem, his childhood in Nazareth, his transfiguration on Mount Tabor, and his first miracle at the wedding feast in Cana. So we are going to literally celebrate Mass on a boat afloat on the Sea of Galilee. And we're also going to walk the Via Dolorosa, which is the way of the cross in Jerusalem. I cannot wait. As we go, we're also going to focus on hearing God's voice for where He's calling each of us personally. As you guys know, I love talking about discerning God's voice, hearing God's calls for our lives. So whatever call it is that He has on your life that He wants you to hear, there's going to be absolutely no better place to hear that call, to really deepen your sense of mission, to walk more closely with Him than visiting the Holy Land in person. This is gonna be a truly immersive experience. We're gonna taste the world's best hummus and falafel and baba ganoush. We're gonna sip on fresh pomegranate juice, and you can bring home a bottle of olive oil from the Mount of Olives. When you commit to the trip and sign up before or on January 1st, 2021, which is about 30 days from now, have a 20-minute coffee date over Skype with me, and I'd love to hear about your goals for the trip. I'm designing a unique program to help you discern your personal mission and calling for this trip. You're not gonna find it anywhere else. So if the Holy Land has been on your bucket list for years like it has mine, please consider joining me for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can get all the deets at stacysummerrow.com slash pilgrimage. Yes, I will put that link in the show notes for you so that it'll take you right there. This is a perfect segue into our guest for today because it's actually Khaled Jacob, the founder of Nativity Pilgrimage, the company with which I am proud to partner for my 2022 Holy Land Pilgrimage. Khaled Jacob runs a highly successful company because not only does he provide incredible service and fantastic rates, lower than you're going to find from any other pilgrimage uh, trip to the Holy Land, but he also makes it a true pilgrimage experience. He is a native of Bethlehem, so he grew up a five-minute walk from where Jesus was born. True story, I wanted to do an episode on pilgrimages on my show before this opportunity with Nativity Pilgrimage ever arose. So this has been something that's been on my list for a while, and then this just seemed like perfect timing to have Khalid on the show to talk about pilgrimages, the history of pilgrimages, uh, what it was like to grow up in the Holy Land. So I hope you enjoy my coffee date with Khaled Jacob, founder of Nativity Pilgrimage. Jacob, thank you so much for being my guest on Called and Caffeinated. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. What are you drinking today? I saw you had a mug in your hand a minute ago. Coffee, coffee, you know. I'm coffee oh. drinker. I drink even Turkish coffee, which is way stronger than the regular American wow. coffee. Yes, it is. I used to work at a Mediterranean restaurant, and we used to have people come in and drink Turkish coffee, and it was, that's what gets you wired. Can you drink it all day? Uh, me, yes. People cannot. You know, I get used to it. You know, kind of, I drink four or five cups of coffee every day, but nice. I think if you drink it afternoon, it's going to be very hard for you to sleep. Yeah, but you're drinking it now and it's 3.30 in the afternoon. So that's pretty impressive. This is how yeah, you work so no, hard. I, I get it sometimes the dark, I mean, the night time even. You know, I get used to it. Wow. 
Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Are you a black coffee drinker? Yes, with some sugar. Some sugar. <laughs> Just a little extra boost for you. Yes, like, you know, yes. You know, yes. the first thing I ask in the morning is coffee. First thing. Yes, that's you know, my I first thought too. You know, I don't smoke, so it's the coffee, cup of coffee make my day. It's like, you know, starts balancing. Yes, this is why we get along. This is why we get along is because there's there's a coffee bond there. I, the first thing I think in the morning is uh, I'm I always want to go back to sleep and then I think, oh, but I could have coffee and that makes it all okay. So I, I get out of bed and make my yeah. coffee. It's my ritual. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm glad you know when my wife she make every day morning uh, coffee. So it's like she go to drop the kids at school and she come back I still on the bed if if I'm home. So she make me the coffee. The problem it's hard to find Turkish coffee when I'm travel. I travel almost mm. hundred and fifty to two hundred days a year amazing it amazing is, yeah now with covid i have a great time to stay with home and kids i'm very blessed is that nice for you to be able to stay home yeah for sure you know it's like you know it's like the kids are growing and i'm away so it's like i always feel that something it's like penance inside me it's like you know something i want to always confess about it for my wife and kids that i'm sorry i try to make it hard for you and i think they know how much i love them Hmm. You're a very hard worker and I'm looking forward to speaking more about all the good work you've done with Nativity Pilgrimage. Um, but I want to ask you the first question I ask all my guests, which is what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what has receiving those calls looked and felt like? You know, it's uh, God, he doesn't give the person only one call or one sign. He insists to change your life and change your heart. Okay, for me, give me too many uh, lessons in my life. Um, first, we had a miracle at home, you know. My mom, she been healed. Um, she need the surgery and she asked uh, Mama Mary to do uh, to do miracle for her, to heal her, and that's what happened. So when we grew up, we grew up in very uh, conservative uh, Catholic Orthodox family. And that was a great sign. So the way how we we grew up, that's helped us to, you know, to find out our character and God call in our life. Second, um, uh, Saint John Paul, uh, Saint John Bosco, Don Bosco. I grew up with the Salesian in Bethlehem, and um, how he changed uh, lives for young people and youth. I think that's. Uh, always was a very strong message for me to become a better person um, and to do mission work or God wells in my life and that was very important and third when I work for the church in Bethlehem I work with a priest he's Franciscan friar his name Father Amjad Sabara which is he's today the pastor of um, Jerusalem Catholic Church um, he was, for me, as a life example of Jesus. You know, it's very hard to find this kind of priest today, especially, you know, he, he was ex exactly, when I see him, I see Jesus. He's very spiritual and he's very forgiveness. You can, you can do anything and he immediately forgive you. It's like Jesus, wow. he's, he's a great example. Mm. And, um, and the the other thing touched my heart and changed me in the world today in the year 2000. Hmm. You know, um, the great message from the great saint John Paul II, when he encouraged young people to become a saint, it's like, what? I, you know, that's, I become a saint. Yes, it's just, just, just live the gospel, live simple life, and you become a saint, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what we, we see today, you know, it's like in soon we're going to have a new sense very young 15 years old italian boy mm -hmm. i love what, him you know this is what john paul the the, the second he starts putting in the young people life you can be a saint just by living the gospel you don't have to be yeah. superhero or making miracles yeah that's how it affect my life too many ways you know mm -hmm. i become more um, you know I become more human. 
you know, I become mm-hmm. more faithful. I become more uh, helping the others. And uh, I, I don't mind to sacrifice to give it to the others, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have a great example in my life that I did. I'm very proud of where I am. You know, I've been helping a lot of my schools in Bethlehem and my churches and a lot of family. Mm-hmm. And I think this is God's gift for us. For me and for my family, I will have to share it with others. Yeah. So, that, yeah. How Had you started Nativity Pilgrimage when you went to World Youth Day in 2000 and saw St. John Paul II? No, the Nativity okay. Pilgrimage, um, the first time I came to United States in 2002, and then 2004, okay. I've been um, with the great priest um, uh, from the Holy Land, he's a New Yorker, uh, Father uh, Peter Vasco. He ran the Franciscan mm-hmm. Foundation for the Holy Land. He's a great friend of mine, That's and nice. uh, I, I, you know, I started going to United States to speak um, about the Christian, about the youth, and, and different uh, churches uh, do mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Nativity Pilgrimage, I established it in November 2012. 2012. Okay, gotcha. So you grew up in Bethlehem. What was that like? Oh, Jesus, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, um, I'm a very friendly person. And, you know, in Bethlehem, um, you know, even the Christian or the Muslim, we live together as a one family. And, uh, you know, it's just like from my, from my home to the Nativity Church, it's like five to seven minutes walking. In that seven to wow. ten minutes walking, you say good morning or how are you, or you give a hug for 50 to 100 people. Just imagine this. That sounds incredible. That's so different. So it's a very small it town, Bethlehem, right? It is a very small town. Yeah. I know everybody there. And, you know, especially wow. the old woman, they go outside from the balcony. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And again, this is, um, wow. I hope that's continue. Even in Bethlehem, start changing with the, with the new generation. But this is, was very, very touchable for me. People, mm-hmm. they stand with each other. You know, you can, again, you can sacrifice to support others. And this is really great. Wow, that's amazing. What, how is the lifestyle there different? So you mentioned that everyone knows everyone. You give 50 people a hug when you walk out your door. What was the, like, how are the living conditions different than here? You know, I'm, as a, you know, a, an American, there's so many people who never travel outside the United States. And I think having that life experience to go experience another culture is so, so valuable. When I went to even England, you know, that's an, that's an English speaking country. I lived there for two and a half years when I was 12 till I was 15. I learned so much and I learned to be grateful for so much about the United States. And I also learned different ways that of being that sometimes in the United States, you know, we really should like learn to, it taught me to challenge my own country's mentality. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to live in Bethlehem um, and the culture there, it's very friendly, you know. Um, in the wedding and, uh, and the sorrows, all the community, they share together. So Bethlehem, it's a very small town, and I live in the heart of Bethlehem. We call it the Patriarch Street, you know. The Patriarch Street, which is the, the Star Street, it's uh, it's where the patriarch stand from the the car or the or the horse back in the day and the walk to the church of nativity mm-hmm. um, at Christmas Eve. So that's very wow. famous street. You know, the majority of the people live there. I know them personally. I know their kids. I know the generation, and um, it's it's very friendly. You know, it's like if even you go today, Stacy, you can feel you are very friendly, you are very welcome. Uh, we we have thousands of uh, pilgrims every year, maybe millions actually. So a lot of people they speak different language. Um, mm. There is uh, a lot of Catholic school more than the public school because again, Bethlehem considered more as a Christian town. Uh, there is Franciscan friar Saint Joseph school, all of them very high education. This is where I study. I study at uh, Terra Santa schools, and uh, you know a lot of people. Um, my age by then we play basketball you know i was very lucky to be one of the 
champion team for the West Bank for many times. You know, I play very well in basketball. So between the ball activity on the church, that's make everybody in the, in the city knows you very well. And again, it's about how you grow up. But, um, you know, to live in Bethlehem, it's such amazing. It's responsibility. You can be always welcome strangers. Mm. No, I like, love that. There is no stranger in Bethlehem. You could not feel stranger in Bethlehem. You have to be feel welcomed all the time. Mm. This is our responsibility as uh, as residents of Bethlehem. I love that so much. I was a military brat my whole life, and then I've moved every year since college until last year. And please, God, let us never move again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we love where we are. We want to stay in Winchester, Virginia. But I've always been the newcomer. I've always been the new kid everywhere. So it was sink or swim. You always have to make new friends. And I don't know that. I mean, there's a good number of people in the you know in our country who who do that, um, who are always the new kid. Military, but I think, especially. In where? Sorry. Military, especially people. Military. Their favorites mm -hmm. with the military. Yep, you move every two years. But I love that so much. Just the concept of the culture being such that no one is ever allowed, you know, allowed to be a stranger. You are always welcome. That is so beautiful. Yeah. 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 What, what is the food like there? Cause I, oh, I used to work at a Mediterranean re restaurant and I absolutely love Mediterranean food. I'm so excited to go. I'm so excited to experience it and I'm pregnant right now. So eating is a very important part of my day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the food like there? What, what can you get there that you can't get here? A lot of stuff, uh, you know, um, and, uh, and mainly the food is very healthy. You know, we have a lot of different kind of salad. Um, rice is very important in almost the lunch time. So it's every every meal they have a rice there. This is uh, this is something they have a lot of lamps. You know, we we a lot eat of, a lot of what. Lambs, lamb, lamb. Oh, lamb, yes. Lamb. Okay, delicious. So, lamb and chicken, that's what the most uh, famous in, in the Holy Land, in uh, mm -hmm. shawarma, uh, falafel everywhere. So, the food is amazing. It's very tasty. But let yeah. me tell you something. When you go, I will make sure I don't send you to place where they serve food for tourists. I will get you places to serve food for local. And you can see the difference. Okay? So it's like, <laughs> it's, yes, it's like you know, there, is, there is a real, like, you know, it's like here, you go to hamburger to eat the burger, and then you go to a real good place, they, they, they do hamburger. You can feel immediate. Mm -hmm. and, and this is what we have. Excellent. So yeah. The food is very healthy, very good, very tasty, very spices, you know, a lot yeah. of Yeah. Excellent. One of the reasons that I first was attracted to my husband was that uh, I was asking him what what kind of food he liked to eat. And he said everything. He likes everything. There's nothing he doesn't that's like. Good. That's good. <laughs> and I said, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I said, we get along. So we're definitely up for any new adventures. I am very picky with food. And that's why I like to taste the food and make sure and again something strange with me and you know if we like like three different restaurants we don't even try to to taste something different so go <laughs> always to the same restaurant order always the same thing it's like this is how you know i'm very picky when it comes to food i want to make sure it's yeah. clean good and tasty 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 is very good yeah do you serve a lot of um like tabbouleh tzatziki baba ganoush Capanata, Scordalia, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's exactly. You know, the whole Mediterranean, including mm -hmm. Greece and Turkey, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Palestine, we serve kind of very close plates. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the one you mentioned, especially Tabuli, it's very famous in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hummus, uh, you know, Baba Ghanouj, all this. This is like you can see it everywhere, and it's, it's amazing. You know, they. There's places that really serve the real food. Mm. It's authentic. It's great. That sounds incredible. My mouth is watering right now because yeah, I can kebab, remember. You know, the kebab, the chicken or beef kebab or, you know, that's, that's what it is. Or lamb kebab, which is another taste. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm excited. <laughs> you know, the good one, they mix it. They put like 80% uh, lamb and 20% beef. They mix mm. it, the lamb kebab, and this is like the best that sounds fantastic. Well, yeah. all right. Well, 2022 can't come soon enough. <laughs> I'm going to be releasing this episode um, the day that I announce 
that or soon after I announced that um, we'll be doing a pilgrimage or I will be leading a pilgrimage with Nativity Pilgrimage, which is so exciting, so wonderful. Um, I want to talk about uh, Christians uh, in the Holy Land. Actually, you know what? We're going to talk about, let's talk about that later. Um, uh, first, let's just talk about, if you don't mind, um, a pilgrimage versus a vacation. What's the difference? It's um, huge difference. There is no relation. Okay, uh, vacation is place where they go to have comfortable time to enjoy um, fishing or relaxing or just try to be away from your typical life to take some away. Pilgrimage, mm -hmm. it's more to go and search and seek. You leave your comfortable homes, not for better place, for seeking for the Lord or Mother Mary or the saints in the footsteps of the saints. But all of them is going to lead you to the cross and to Lord. So there is a huge difference. Um, you know, pilgrimage, it's a place where you go and do sacrifice and uh, you go and penance for your mistake. And we know the pilgrimage, uh, the three men high religious they have pilgrimage with the Jews started and then Christian and Muslim they go to Mecca but for us the Christian our focus in Jerusalem now for sure we have different holy sites but we focus on the place where the Lord that resurrect that's our target mm -hmm. um, and we know Jesus himself he was a pilgrim that's what mm -hmm. the gospel told us you know the gospel told us that Jesus and the Holy Family, they pilgrimed to Jerusalem at least 33 times. And let me tell you something. The pilgrim, you go to place higher to seek, even if it's lower. You know, if you are in Galilee, you go to Jerusalem, okay? You said, I'm going down to Jerusalem. But the gospel told us they're going up to Jerusalem because it's higher place where you seek God. I see. Wow. So, Algram, it's a, it's a person who built relation with God, who seek to have God in his life. Vacation, it's a place where you can go and enjoy your time. This is totally different. Pilgrim, they go and do hard work by walking and, uh, and praying to target their goal, which is the Lord and relation with the Lord. And... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the pilgrim in, in general, it's totally different than pilgrimage. I mean, the vacation. There's no, no nothing except just to go on plane, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I love that idea that you're, you're moving towards something rather than moving away from something. It's, a time, it's time that you are giving to the Lord rather than time that you are sort of taking for yourself. Um, yeah. It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you said? You know, thans Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. You know, the pilgrimage is Thanksgiving to the Lord for the gift he gave you, first of all, life, and then whatever you have in life. Yeah. Have you so seen you a can, lot of... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You can you can um, describe the pilgrimage in thousands of words, you know, great experience to everybody. But again, the main thing is you go see God. You want to have that closer relation with the Lord. That's the main thing on the pilgrimage. Mm. Mm -hmm. How you do it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. There, have you seen a lot of examples of people kind of coming to their an understanding of maybe their higher mission and their purpose and uh, what they're called to on pilgrimage? It is, and I, I experience in my um, in my life with nativity, especially even before thousands of cases. Like, let's say, Stacy, you want to go on pilgrimage, and your sister, you invite her. You don't have a, a roommate, and you want your sister or your friend to go with you. Okay? She's like, okay, what I should do in Israel? Okay, let's go and see. So you go as a believer, and you go see God. But the problem, or actually the good surprise, not the problem, the good surprise from your friend or your sister, she will come back more believer than you. Because mm -hmm. during the pilgrimage, that's where God, he can touch your heart. 
you know pilgrimage anywhere it's amazing but pilgrimage to the holy land it's the most what you can search or you can seek mm -hmm. uh, just imagine yourself that's what i talk to you know i will tell you how we prepare the pilgrims to versus the the vacation people um just imagine yourself now and just you reading the gospel or father he preach about it when you are sitting around the holy tomb of jesus mm. And you can immediately feel the Lord, he talked to you. Or if you are sitting on a boat in, um, in Sea of Galilee, you know, and I do mass on the boat. So it's like it's going to be very, very historical time, very, very spiritual time. But just imagine you are on the boat and then you close your eyes and you remember what Jesus did with the wind. Mm -hmm. This amazing feeling, you don't get it in, um, in anywhere, you know. This is only happen while you are in the pilgrimage in the Holy Land. And let me tell you another very important thing. We might read the gospel a thousand times in our life, okay? Every Sunday, every day, we practice the gospel. But if you've never been in the Holy Land... It's totally, it's like you don't totally understand it. Because I can I can explain to you the example of Good Shepherd, but if you go to the shepherd's field, you have an idea how things go, what God he means by mm. 2,000 years. And this is very important. So there's thousands of, uh, of good example um, to be on Pilgrim and how it's going to change your life because it will change your life. Yeah. No doubt. Wow. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. I love the celebrating mass um, afloat on the Sea of Galilee. That is really, really exciting. What it are some is. of your other, so obviously Bethlehem, you go and you see where Jesus was born. What are some of the other places that, I mean, I know because I have an itinerary, but I'd love to hear from you because you're the, the native here. <laughs> okay. Uh, those places? Three sites, I, I make sure every time I go to Holy Land, I want to visit. Mount of Petitude, where the Sermon of Christ happened. Beatitudes, you said, Mount of Beatitudes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a great place, um, very spiritual. And again, for me, it's pilgrimage when I talk to God. You know, even if I'm in my home, I want to talk to God. And uh, the atmosphere, the mountains there, it's everything, it's give you that feeling. You're literally on a mountain and you're it looking is. out. It's it you're is. ascending to the mountaintop and you're looking out and you're hearing God speak to you right where he said, you know, these amazing, timeless words. Immediately you're going to listen to him, believe me. If you are a believer, mm -hmm. if you seek God in your life, you're going to listen to him direct. You don't listen mm -hmm. that words from your priest or your guide when they explain to you. You hear it from God, maybe through their voices. Wow. So it's going to open your heart to accept the Lord more. Mm. The other place, um, very important for me, it's um, the Transfiguration, Mount of Tabor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when um, Jesus, he be away from the, the, the Gospels and, um, and he show up for, for John uh, with, um, with uh, Moses and, um, and Prophet Elijah. I mean, this is very important minute. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing mountain. It's amazing. Again, same way. It's uh, in the Holy Land. There's two different type of area. You know, so it's like you're gonna start the pilgrimage in very comfortable zone, which is the north part. And then when you go to Jerusalem, it's more traffic. So the spiritual, how we start the pilgrimage, we start in the north to let the people understand our way, which is Jesus' way. Our way is to cross. You know, where the most holy place for the pilgrimage when you go in front of the tomb of Jesus. And you know it's an empty tomb. So this is the most holy place. After you finish the station of the cross, you go to the Holy Sepulchre. This is the boom. This is the point. This is what we are focused on about. And this is what we want every pilgrim to experience. Yes. You know? So well, I, the Via Dolorosa, the way Via of sorrow. It's amazing. Yeah, way mm -hmm. to the cross and then uh, end it with Mass at the Holy Tomb of Jesus. That's that's the point. So we work with the pilgrims for six days to prepare them for that moment. So we start more quiet in the north, you know, focusing. It's like more the pilgrimage. You can you can uh, you can call the pilgrimage as on 
the street retreat. Hmm. Okay. okay. All, all, all retreat on the wheel. You know, it's like every step you stop and you get your food, which is the spiritual food, and you jump on the next phase, which is you don't get it on the retreat. Right. You know, again, you, right. Can, you know, I've been, I've been um, talking to thousands of pilgrims, and I think um, it does change life. It does. You must get back home with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, uh, you know, I hope that this conversation is inspiring a lot of people to really consider coming to the Holy Land uh, with me, with your company in 2022. Uh, but I know we for myself, so. I hope so too. And I'm so excited. I know it's going to be life changing for me. If I could only go one more to one more place before I die outside of the United States, it would be the Holy Land. That's been on my bucket list. Um, but I, it makes me think too, back in 2015, um, just in my own life, I went to um, to Italy, and that was a life-changing experience for me. And I made it into a pilgrimage of sorts. It was a vacation, but I stopped in churches every day. I went to Mass as often as I possibly could, and I used that time for such, like, it turned into this time of, of quiet prayer and reflection. And there was something about stepping outside of my daily life and being in completely new surroundings. Um, I had known my husband for about four months at that point, and we had been dating for two months and while I was in Italy, I just remember sitting on this mountainside and writing in my journal and I had a, a glass of wine there and I'm sitting and overlooking these beautiful mountains and I'd just been to mass, you know, a little earlier that day. And I was just reflecting and something in my heart just clicked. And it was just this understanding and this knowledge that I'm going to go home and I'm going to marry John. And that's going to be, it was this, this deeper piece that um, I don't know that I would have come to that realization so quickly. In, if I had just been going through my, my daily life, you know, because travel, travel looks expensive, right? You know, you look at it and you see a big number and you're Good like, luck. whoa, you know, it's a long way. And you think, oh, well, why can't I just do something like this at home? And the answer is because you have to step outside your daily life. You have to invest something. Um, but every, every experience that I've had traveling it has been more than worth it more than the dollars I've spent. You know, I've regretted tons of stuff I've bought, but I've never regretted anything that I've uh, any money I've ever put toward travel. And I believe that down to the depths of my soul, because that trip, you know, that that trip I took before was thousands of dollars, but uh, I wouldn't trade a day of it. You know, I wouldn't trade a single experience. Uh, and, and it really does have a value beyond what you can um what the actual dollar amount that you spend, it, it really does change your life. Um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a very worthy <laughs> investment in my um, opinion. Um, but yeah, and I love that your goal at Nativity isn't just to provide this, you know, this wow experience, but to actually provide an experience where God is going to be able to work in your heart and transform you and change you. That's really exciting because that's the internal you know that that's um that's what my podcast listeners are list, are seeking when they tune into my podcast it's all about hearing god's calls for your life and about that inner transformation and about finding that life that you're meant for and finding that peace you know and that's um uh yeah before you and i ever met i wanted to do an episode on pilgrimages because i think you know it's this time honored tradition that the church uh, has always recommended to to people or at least since like the middle ages i think <laughs> to, yeah uh, you're totally yeah. right again this is, is gonna be it's worth every penny mm-hmm. and again it's um you know it's not only to meet god to meet new people in your life and this is again it's very important you meet stranger people you become friend and guess what you be, be, become apostolic for the lord because Everywhere where you talk about your pilgrimage and your experience, you're going to already encourage other people to have this experience. And this is the good about it. It's like you just invest in yourself. You invest in the souls of the others. Yes. Wow. And you invest in your future self, too. It is, for sure. It's all about yourself in the end of the day to see what you gain. You gain a lot. You know, you become a better person. If you are a pilgrim, you become a better person, no doubt. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. Can you talk about the situation of Christians in the Holy Land? This was something that was very moving for me when you first invited me to lead a pilgrimage. And I know you have a passion for providing for your family and your friends uh, and all of the people that you love uh, back in Bethlehem. So tell me more. 
Oh, Jesus, I can't speak to two days for this. Okay, um, <laughs> no, the, the Christian in, in the Holy Land in general, we go through up and down through the century. And remember, we are the faith holder. You know, with the God and the disciple from the Holy Land, the faith is growing. And that's why Jerusalem crosses its five crosses. The big one is Jerusalem and how our faith spread to the four corners of the world from Jerusalem. So the presence of the Christian in the Holy Land, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Not only for them, it's for us more. Like, you know, for you, for, for any, any, any Catholic in, or Christian all over the world, mm -hmm. they are the, the safeguard for the Holy Spirit. They are the witnesses for the truth. Just imagine this. They are the witnesses for the truth. Without them, we don't have um, the real sight, for example. They protect us. They tell the church where the real sight happened. You know, when um, after 1313 AD, when Constantine, he legalized the cat or the Christian faith uh, within the Roman Empire, his mother... Um, Helene or St. Helena, she went to the Holy Land and the local people tell her where they used to meet to practice the faith over in Jerusalem, over in Bethlehem, over everywhere. So this is was very important. Um, and uh, I think this is um, one of the most important thing that to know that the Christian present is very important. That's why, for example, the church, they do collection for the Holy Land. They do collection not for anywhere else in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. Through the persecution during the century, the number dropped down in very dangerous level. Imagine today in the Holy Land, we are below 1.2 percent. Wow. Wow. So their present today, it's more important than any time be before. Is it uh, primarily Muslim controlled? There is two parts of the Holy Land. You know, when we call it the Holy Land, we talk about Israel and Palestine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you live in Bethlehem, you are Palestinian with Palestinian ID. If you live in Jerusalem, you are Palestinian with Israel ID. If you live in Nazareth, you are maybe Arab with Israel ID. So the Christian, they mm -hmm. mainly stay around three major city, which is Bethlehem, Jerusalem, and Nazareth. Um, I think the majority in Nazareth and the whole Galilee, we call it the Galilee area. Uh, then it comes to Bethlehem and then Jerusalem. So they're our present in little town around the major three city. Mm. Uh, this city, it was once a time full Christian, like Bethlehem, it was like 90, 95% Christian 50 years, 70 years ago only. Today, wow. We are struggling to become 20% in Bethlehem. Mm. Um, most of these people, um, the Christian community, they work in, uh, in business related to pilgrims. Okay, so they serve pilgrims either by working in hotel restaurant or uh, uh, guiding the, the pilgrim or uh, working in. Um, workshop to create the beautiful olive wood or uh, jewelry mm -hmm. uh, so they mainly stay connected to the pilgrim you know and that's why i told you you're always gonna feel welcome in, in bethlehem because mm -hmm. uh, you know? i love that yeah uh, the, the christian they go mainly they have high education you know um we have great Catholic schools back in the Holy Land, and uh, thanks be to God, with the support from people around the country um, or around the world, let me see it, that almost most of the Christian, like 90% of the Christian students, they go to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Okay? And um, we, we don't pay much, like, you know, we pay like $500 per year sometimes. Wow. Which is pretty good. Yeah, the Franciscan school, especially, they are all over. They have thousands of students, Christian and Muslims. And um, this is what, you know, the Christian, it's, their presence is very important. The, now they go through very complicated situation because since February there's no pilgrims because of COVID-19. 
and mm-hmm. I feel pretty bad. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of these people, they have no job today, no support, mm-hmm. you know. And in, in, um, in the Holy Land, there is no, like um, here, for example, and this is why, you know, we talked before, uh, they don't have um, health insurance system. So there's no health insurance. They don't have um, unemployment. If you're unemployed, that's it, done. Nobody can give you any penny, except if you go to the church or a few organizations, they might support with food or some bells. Mm-hmm. So now it's one of the worst time for the Christian, and we pray that the vaccine is going to be out soon and we get back the pilgrims uh, or the work for the people on their feet. You know, the most affected area today in the Holy Land between Israel and Palestine is Bethlehem, because Bethlehem, almost 40% of the people work with pilgrims, and gonna, that's going to affect almost 80% from the income for the city. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very dangerous. It, now yeah. we are in a very dangerous situation. We never been there. Wow. So for your for Nativity Pilgrimage, your company, you specifically have, um, correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is that specifically you have Christian tour guides, uh, you stay at Christian-owned hotels, um, you eat at Christian-owned restaurants, you have the opportunity to shop for um, uh, goods crafted by Christian artisans. Is that all? That's kind of how you how you give back specifically, you know, the, right? The mission of Nativity Pilgrimage first and uh, the most important is to increase awareness about the Christian in the Holy Land, mm-hmm. you know, and help people to seek God in their life. And we do that by providing the highest spiritual quality pilgrimage. You know, I always, people, they said the highest quality, I said the highest spiritual quality pilgrimage. Other than that, it's just tour or vacation. Mm-hmm. And um, and I want them to experience the Christian families in the Holy Land. And that's why um, in most of our pilgrimage, um, we try the maximum to use the Catholic hotels or own bike, if there's no option, okay? If there's no option, we go to 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 other to other hotels owner, but we try to find hotels owned by Christian people. We try to hire the Catholic drivers uh, or Christian. You know, in the Holy Land, let me tell you something very important. When we say Christian in the Holy Land, we under the umbrella of everybody. So it's like you could you could not say I'm Catholic in the Holy Land. You say I'm Christian. Because mm-hmm. there's are Muslims. So it's like here, different. You When you introduce yourself, you said, I'm an American Catholic um, mm-hmm. speaker. But for us, we said, no, I'm American Christian speaker. So this mm-hmm. is how it's Because the word Christian, there's there's different denomination in the Holy Land. The majority, it's the Catholic, between Greek Catholic and uh, Roman Catholic, which is the Latin. And then the Orthodox, they are big, and there's several branches under the Orthodox. There's Greek Orthodox, Armenian Orthodox, Assyrian Orthodox. Mm-hmm. The, the Assyrian Orthodox, this is the, the, they still speak the first language of God, you know, they are my, my dad is Syrian Orthodox. And um, and again, there's Coptic. So it's in the Holy Land. Is how I'm Coptic. I'm saying no. We said I'm Christian, and this is what we're trying to provide job for. This is the majority we care about, you know. And this is actually, this is the people that give you the right place to get the pilgrimage. You know, it's like I was one of the reason. Let me open nativity. I was at the Holy Sepulchre Church, and there is um there is a. There's a Jewish guide, he speaks to a group from Philippines, and they told him this is where Jesus, or this where you believe Jesus, he crucified that and rose. It's like, and I look at him, I tell him, you should respect the place. And in a very nice way, and the people, they told me why. I tell him, you know, he should respect the place. That's it. I don't want to go involved on this. And then I decide, no, I want to open this Catholic tour company with Catholic value. You know, when you have a value, you're gonna you're gonna process the value, and you're gonna uh, make your goal to the value, which is um, it's very important. You know, it's very important. A lot of uh, a lot of Catholic company here in the country, they never have a tour guide Catholic. They never experienced the Catholic faith in the Holy Land, and this mm-hmm. is very very important. 
And you have all the inside scoop because you're from there. If I do, if I believe in something, I want to deliver. If I don't deliver, yeah. that means I, I lie. I lie to myself before I lie to the people. Mm. Very unacceptable from me, you know, to myself first. Mm. You know, I'm very proud for what we did as a nativity pilgrimage within the Four or five years in business, you know, we start in 12, um, 2012 in November. Yeah. Basically, the first pilgrimage was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Because of Gaza-Israel war, we stopped in 2015, we get back in 2016. Within five years or four years, take 2020 off. In four years, I became the biggest Catholic tour company in the country. Mm. And wow. uh, I think you can't believe why. First of all, God blessing hardworking, promise and delivered, you know, whatever we promise, we deliver. And uh, marketing word of mouth from people, testimonial. And this is what's make it big. Now, for sure, when I came, I have a strategy and I change it. Like, you know, I want to provide good price for people to experience online. I look at all the competitor, all the people they provide, the people. And I look at it, there is a gap almost 1,500 to 2,000 um, difference. I can sell the tour. Mm-hmm. That's and, a big difference. And that was a yeah. huge success for me to, to focus on that. In the beginning, people, they don't believe. Like, you know, when you used to go to Holy Land nine days or 10 days for 5,000, they see it online. And then somebody promoted 3,000, 3,500. It's what's wrong. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's like, you know, it's become now, we scheduled for this year over 200 groups, but wow. we just did maybe 10 or 15 in the beginning of the year. You know, there is oh. a high traffic area where the pilgrims go and you don't want to go at that time. Okay. And when I talk to you, why you want to go in January was, you know, I know what I told you because you're going to go to the Holy, you try to avoid to go to Holy Land in April, March and September, October. Oh, interesting. Avoid it. Avoid it at all. You know, <laughs> like the line to go to the Holy Sepulchre or the line to go to the Nativity Church, the Grotto, is going to take you hours. So it's my effect to your program. Good to know. It's like Catholic Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you go to Disneyland in the summer, it's crazy. Right. Forget or it. During, or, or during the Thanksgiving or during the summer break. So yeah. I always, when I go, I will take the kids in May, for example. It's good weather. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, you can enjoy the place. Yeah, in, yeah. In Jerusalem, when you're going to go in January, it's kind of very empty, and you get the time to pray. Mm. And this is what you want, you know? That's excellent. Yeah. Imagine you want to just go in front of the star where our Lord Jesus was born, and the the Orthodox priest there, he said, you have one minute, because there's thousands mm. of people, That's, you feel it, because you stay alone right. for hours to get there, and you understand that, but when you go, there's nobody, if you take a minute or two minutes extra, nobody can ask you anything. I see, that's really exciting, cool. Plus, selfishly, it's pretty cold here in January, so I'm just looking forward to getting to somewhere, <laughs> yeah, somewhere a little warmer. Yeah, it's like way yeah. warmer, way warmer. <laughs> a getaway in that regard. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, well, I'm very, super excited. Um, is there anything else that you want to share just about the mission of Nativity or um, what you would like Americans to know about, uh, you know, the country of your birth? You know, I want them to experience, I don't want to tell them about it, so I want them to mm-hmm. be there. You know, it's, um, I think every Christian has to experience the Holy Land at least once in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, give himself or herself the, the place where they can open the door of their heart to accept the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, see how the Holy Land is going to be a huge difference in there. And this is what I believe, you know. Um, I don't yeah. want to talk a lot about the pilgrimage. I want to make it surprise. But, you know, one of the very important things, you know, when you go with nativity, you are totally secure because we know 
with whom we work, we totally protect it. Even the health insurance we provided include our package. So Wonderful. people, they don't have to worry. And again, we, we're looking to see you uh, and with people uh, in the Holy Land. And let me tell you something. In January, I think I will be there. So it's like I will do my best to be there at least a couple of days with you and your group. That would be wonderful. That would be really, really fun. Can you address one really quick thing? And I have to go in a second because my sweet little daughter, okay. I hear her crying. Yeah, so we have to wrap too. it up. I'll go grab her and maybe maybe she'll get a little camera time in a second. But um, security in the Holy Land, I know that's a big thing for foreign travelers, you know, potential concern. Um, just... You, I want to tell you something. I might yeah. be scary to walk in Houston at night downtown, but not at <laughs> Holy Land at all. You know, I, I, you know, I know very well. I travel a lot. The both sides, the Palestinian and the Israeli, they work hard to protect almost twenty percent from their income, which is through the tourism. That's why the Holy Land is extremely secure for pilgrims. Not secure, extremely. You know, again, I something could happen anywhere, but you never ever the tourist that's been under attack in Israel or in the Palestine or even in the Holy Land. Mm. It's never. a different region, right? It's the Gaza Strip, is that right? The Gaza Strip, it's very away from us, but yeah. even yeah. though it's very quiet. And again, let me tell you something. Even, you know, our terms and condition on the brochure, which is people, they can lose maximum up to 60 days, only $100. But this is not the issue. The big issue, because I'm local, I don't hear the news. I don't, you know, I know the news. You know, I have family there. I have friends there. I have my worker there, my team there. If I feel it's unsafe, I will reschedule the group. Even if you are on the plane, I will get you back. You know, it's like I work the most secure thing. It's the most important thing. It's your safety. And I done that. Mm -hmm. I done that, you know. I done that. Let me tell you something. In March fourth or fifth, actually, I have a group going from Wisconsin to Italy. I get them outside the plane because there's COVID there, which is mm. a lot of them. They don't care. I said no, I care, and I convinced the priest to take the group back, and we schedule it for next March. Mm. Which, again, financial doesn't matter to me. I care about the human being. I care about their fate and how we can help them to become a better pilgrims. Mm. Thank you. Thank you very much for all the good work you do. I'm so excited to partner with you and Nativity Pilgrimage. It'd be so great to meet you in person. Um, you know, thank you, Stacey. You mean a lot to us. And again, uh, I think uh, people, when we put the brochure out, they have to sign up very quick because it's going to be boom. Like, you know, we're going to pull it very quick. <laughs> That's what I'm praying for. I cannot wait to meet all the people who are coming. That's a huge, I'm such a people person. I cannot wait to have coffee and cocktails and all that good stuff with people in the Holy Land and pray with everyone. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. With my pleasure. God bless you, Stacey, and, you know, bless your family. Go, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye Stacy. Thank you. So the pilgrimage launches today. Are you in? Come on over to pilgrimage. Find that link in the show notes. I want to thank my Patreon members, all my wonderful, fantastic people who are in my Patreon community. I love having monthly video chats with you guys. We're really forming bonds and friendships with our, our group. Such an incredible thing to get together and discuss our spiritual lives. When you join Patreon, you'll also get access to my secondary podcast called Coffee Sips, which is a bi-weekly podcast on everything Catholic faith and lifestyle related. So come on over if you would like to think about joining that patreon.com slash called and caffeinated. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful advent. I'll be back in your earbuds in a little bit. Take care.